Ladies and gentlemen, it's time. It's time. We're here. I am James Caleb Kitchens, and I am the host, as always, of an Evolved Review. I'm joined each and every week by my co-host, Caleb Stovall, from the SWN, the Stovall Wrestling Network, or as as you're calling it now... The Stovall Network. That's right, because he is expanding. He is expanding. And uh, that being said, it is the most exciting time of the year to be a wrestling fan. It's WrestleMania season. Yes, yes. I, I call it. Uh, I call it Christmas for wrestling fans. That's it. And right now, right here tonight, we are going to be going through our top five list of WrestleManias. We've done some top five lists in the past, and I feel like you know we've done top five matches. We've done top five couples. Um, what uh, we've done top five non WWE pay per view events, but this one, man, we decided. We are still at some point going to do a top five WWE pay-per-views, but we decided that WrestleMania is in such an elite class, such a category of its own, that we had to do one specifically about our top five WrestleManias. We're probably going to have some crossover here. I feel like the most elite of the elite status WrestleManias are, are sort of legendary, but we'll see what happens. But this list, man, I feel like... I feel like we can't go back, you know, in two years and do another one, right? So, like, this one just feels so much more important and so more, like, so much more, like, final to me. Yeah. So, we're going to see what happens, man. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm very prone to let you go first. Uh, and as always, so sort of the rules here, we have not discussed with each other um, who... Uh, uh, is on our list, or, or rather, which WrestleManias are on our list? Normally, people are involved, but this time it's just programming. Uh, so we, I don't know who's on your list. You don't know who's on mine. Uh, and then, as always, uh, you know, we're we're gonna see how it pans out. Uh, how we decided to judge these, right? Yeah. Because yeah. how do you judge a WrestleMania as far as ranking it? Do you do you judge it by the best match? Do you judge it by the worst match? Um, do you judge it by the angles leading up to it? Uh, the crowd reception? Is it still yeah. good today? I mean, that's all things we're going to find out that, you know, we personally may have chosen going and into hell, this. Like, and, like, do you judge it by even the little things that make WrestleMania different? Like, you know, the, the stadium that it's in, the production value that they always bring out, you know, just everything – uh, about it you know it, it's such a special event and i go back to um i go back to 2000 and i want to say it was 2019 no i'm sorry 2018 um where they were in new orleans right and i remember seeing so many posts on face from facebook to twitter to every social media outlet you could think of where you not only had wrestlemania but you had all of these independent promotions and stuff like that and and just big events going around you know the city and stuff like that it's such a it's such a unique atmosphere um it just it, it's incredible and um and you know i've i've even gotten to be a part of it um and stuff like that so i mean it's uh it, it's amazing i can't wait to talk about it though yeah i mean we've been fortunate enough to have mania come to our city of atlanta and uh, hopefully that it'll they'll do it again. Um, 
that being said, man, let's let's do it. Let's get to the list. Here we it. go. Uh, you you can go first. It's the co-host privilege. Uh, go go for it with number five, man. All right. So my number five. I'm gonna start it off with WrestleMania 23. Yes, WrestleMania 23. Um, I really liked the presentation of this um, from start to finish. Uh, it kicked off with the Money in the Bank ladder match. Um, of course, uh, back when Mania was presenting the Money in the Bank ladder match, um, it was a good one. And then you also had uh, the two uh, main events for it, which was The Undertaker versus Batista. Um, and you also had Shawn Michaels versus John Cena, which which was not originally scheduled to be the main event for that. It was originally scheduled to be Triple H versus John Cena. Of course, Triple H uh, got another quad injury, unfortunately. And, um, you know, I, I, I never wish injury upon anybody, but I'm so glad we got to see HBK in the main event of WrestleMania again um, against John Cena and stuff like that. And I know people can say what they want to about Cena, but good God, that match was amazing. Um, it just was. And then uh, it's it's interesting looking at this now, considering over the past four years. <laughs> as soon as you it, said 23, I was like, wait a minute, isn't that? Yep, that's, <laughs> that sure is. It's the battle of the billionaires. Um, Vince McMahon versus the former president of the United States, Donald J. Trump. <laughs> <laughs> I can't I can't even say it with a straight face and I I can see your face. Um if you're not watching this on Facebook, if you're just listening to this on Spotify, I encourage you just to go watch this on Facebook just to see your reaction. <laughs> um but this was before he decided to become president and ruin the whole country. I'm just um anyways. Um but this was before he became president. This was a storyline angle. And I mean, dude, it was a cool angle. I don't usually like angles like this in wrestling, um, you know, for a number of reasons. But man, I, I got to say, it was amazing from start to finish. They did such a great job um, with it. And everyone in not just the wrestling media, but the news media and entertainment media was um, was covering this. You know, you had TMZ who was doing a story on it. You had ESPN doing stories on it. You had all of these, you know, different media outlets covering this angle. So, I mean, it, it, it was a really cool angle. Um, you know, you can say what you want to about Trump. And God knows, I know we all have our opinions of him, especially these days. But I'm just saying for this time... And this angle, uh, it was great. Um, and he definitely can't sell a stunner for shit. No, he couldn't. But he couldn't sell a lot of things. So that's <laughs> that was good. That was a great joke. That was an amazing joke. I love that. I'm gonna cut. I'm gonna cut that clip and put it on Facebook just by itself. Okay. <laughs> okay. Anyways, um, but 
And I love the two that they picked to represent them. Um, it was a great chance to see Bobby Lashley in the main event type role. Um, and it was a great uh, way to show um, rest in peace Umaga. And Umaga was amazing. I mean, I, I don't think people realize like how good he was and how good, you know, he, he could have even become. Unfortunately, his life was cut short um and everything like that and let's not forget that umaga was managed by none other than armando alejandro estrada (laughs) (laughs) i know like just that that whole presentation of that was amazing um so i love the angle and then of course you know what? What WrestleMania with this type of angle would be uh, would be complete without Stone Cold Steve Austin as a special guest referee uh, for this thing? Um, it was amazing, but the overall show I thought was great. The whole um, the whole theme of it, from where it was, it, it was called Wrestle. It was obviously WrestleMania twenty three but they were playing off the fact that it was going to be in Detroit, Michigan. And rather than the Pontiac Silverdome, it was at Ford field, but it wasn't too far away from the Pontiac Silverdome. And they even had, you know, like the old opening of WrestleMania three, where uh, Vince McMahon in his Vince McMahon voice goes, Miss Aretha Franklin, <laughs> you know, um, and she sang uh, America the Beautiful, uh, which was so awesome, and and um, rest her soul as well. Um, and uh, it was just a, it was just a really cool presentation, and I love the the uh, vignettes going or um, going into it where it was like now I'm all grown up, where you had you know uh, everyone from Batista, John Cena, Shawn Michaels, Stone Cold Steve Austin, where they were little kids, and then they would be like, I'm now all grown up and stuff like that. Um, I really like this WrestleMania, so this one was was my number five pick. Uh, I just thought overall this was a great show. Yeah, I mean, that's a good pick, man. Um, That main event was so good at the time because this was about the time that everyone was really sick of Cena's bullshit right but Shawn Michaels was like our hero like we knew that Shawn Michaels could get a good performance out of a broomstick he had done it with Bill Goldberg several times yeah. so I you know it, this to me was really good um it, it's sad when you look at how much talent is on this card and how much how many of them are no longer with us um you know, so it, it it was such a good show. Um, this is a good pick. I really like it. Uh, you know, just so many good things about it. This is when ECW was going. Um, yeah. You know, it it was it was a good time to be a wrestling fan. And and a, a thing that a lot of people don't know about this event, and I will throw this little piece of trivia in there. One of the main sponsors, I'm trying to remember what they were. I think it was like a nutrition powder or supplement or something. They actually sponsored this and a couple of like big NASCAR races that year. And NASCAR and WWE both sued them for not paying them the sponsorship money. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, just random random trivia that I have up here. But 
That's a good one, man. I like that pick. WrestleMania 23. Yeah. Okay. All right. You ready? You ready? Yeah. My number five. Um, this is going to probably shock some people. So um, I, I will go ahead and, and sort of explain that almost all of the WrestleManias on my list are from a certain era, right? They're, almost all of them are from a very specific era, and it's very clear what point in time I enjoyed wrestling the most. Um, that being said, I said earlier, you know, can you judge a WrestleMania by its best match? Can you judge a WrestleMania by its worst match? If you judge this Mania by its worst match, it wouldn't be on this list. But if you judge it by its best match, it might be at the top. This is WrestleMania 25, is my number five. Um, now, I, I'm not going to pull any punches here. I'm going to immediately talk about the elephant in the room. It is what many people consider to be the greatest, and it is arguably the greatest match of all time. It, what's not up for discussion is whether it is one of the greatest matches of all time, because it certainly belongs on that list. Um, yes. And we're talking about Undertaker Shawn Michaels from 25. Yes, yes absolutely. And what made it so special is I, I think we both, we all knew that we were getting two seasoned ring veterans that had these storied careers in WWE up to this point. But I don't think anyone walking into that building or watching it live on pay-per-view was prepared for just how good it was going to be. No, nobody was. <laughs> because it's so rare it, these days for us to be able to see two people that have been in the business for the amount of time that these guys had been in the business go one-on-one -on, -one on a stage like this and still be in, well, what we assume to be great health. At, we now know, thanks to the Last Ride documentary, that Undertaker was like basically on one leg for this entire match, which makes it more crazy. But I watched yeah. this whole WrestleMania back. I watched all of these. And I watched the whole thing back, and there's a couple times in the match you can see where he goes to put weight on that leg, and the hip just doesn't want to do it. And yeah. um, that, the condition he was in going into the match, combined with that dive, you know the one, where he oh, it yeah. looks like he dies. Uh, that, that, uh, that match is just incredible. Um, I will say that both of the matches that went after that, the triple threat with Cena, Big Show, and Edge was better than I thought it would be was going to be, but the crowd wasn't hugely into it. And then the main event, which was Orton and Triple H, no one, and I mean no one, gave a single solitary shit about that match in the entire building. Yeah, and, and, and that's sad because it had the potential to be a great main event because yeah. the story for it leading up to it was so good. I thought it was so well done. It was. The problem was was they put they put the asterisk of if Triple H gets disqualified, you know, then Orton wins the title and everything like that. When it should have just been, you know, they should have seen the Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker match and called an audible at the last minute and just said, okay, Orton, Triple H, um, you guys just go out there and have a no holds barred match. Just right. go out there because you're not going to be able to do anything if if you don't. <laughs> right. Yeah. One of the greatest wrestling matches of all time just took place here. Yeah. Twenty minutes ago. Yeah. Uh, that that being said, uh, that match went thirty minutes. 
And you can't tell. I mean, it doesn't no. feel like 30 minutes. Um, no, it doesn't. Now, there was a lot of good angles that were set up for this Mania. The Undertaker-Shawn Michaels build was perfect. Right oh, down no. to the beginning of the match with Shawn coming down in all the white from the from the top of the stage. Undertaker rising up from the bottom. Just the, the imagery here, the storytelling was just... It, you, you would be hard-pressed to convince me on a given day that there's a better story that was told in professional wrestling anywhere. Oh, um, yeah, I agree. Heaven versus hell, man. It was just, it, it was amazing. Exactly. Uh, we had Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy in the Extreme Rules match on this card. That was a good build. I mean, they've oh, yeah. had so many matches against each other, but at the end of the day, like, the brother versus brother thing just works, right? That That's a story right. you can tell. Um, the I, I really love the very unique angle that they built up with Chris Jericho for this event. Um, they originally wanted, this is when the wrestler was like the biggest movie in the world. And they really wanted Jericho to wrestle Mickey Rourke. Well, as things got closer, Mickey Rourke was like, I don't know how to wrestle. And his agent was like, you're not fucking doing this. So they called an audible and they ended up having a, uh, a handicap match. And it ended up being um, Jimmy Snooker's murderous ass um Ricky Steamboat <laughs> and Roddy Piper and we got to see Roddy Piper on on the stage um fortunately but you know Ricky Steamboat actually was in such good shape and did such a good job in this match that he actually had one final run after this where he came back multiple times and was working a, a partial schedule yeah because he still dude he still can go right right this minute oh i know dude i remember watching it live uh with Blake and we were watching it. And when Steamboat started wrestling, I lost my shit. Like, I was just like, oh, my God. Like, like even the crowd, like, Steamboat just showed, like, he's one of the greatest of all time uh, just yeah. from that match. And Jericho actually petitioned him to be in the match because originally he wasn't supposed to be in the match. It was supposed to be someone else. Greg Valentine. It would have been awful. Yeah, but Jericho said, can we do something with Steamboat instead? Because he was a huge Steamboat fan. And he was like, I know Steamboat can go. Like, he just, he knew it. And God did it show. I mean, I think people knew that he could still go when he did his famous arm drags. Because yeah. no, like, like, nobody does an arm drag like Steamboat. To this day. To this day. Yep. Um, that being said, you know, I, earlier I talked about, can you know, do you judge a mania by the worst match on the card? Um, the, the thing that keeps this one from being higher on the list, the thing that anchors it at number five, is the god-awful uh, Miss WrestleMania Battle Royal that Santino Morella won. Um, it was atrocious. Uh, and if we're being honest, the... Um, uh, the, the, the Hardy match wasn't that great either, but there's some great ones on this card, man. Um, Ray Mysterio and Bradshaw for the IC belt was really yeah. good. I mean, it, it's hard to go wrong. Those, those two had some classics together. It's the classic, you know, it's the big bully versus the small high flyer. But, uh, anyway, um, not to go on and on about this one. Uh, but that is my number five is WrestleMania 25. That's a good one, man. Um, 
the only there's another thing that uh you forgot to mention too about this show that really drags it down um which i believe they've taken it i believe they've taken this off of the network i don't know i haven't watched it in forever but um the 45 minute long performance from kid rock you know i wasn't going to talk about that i sat through the whole thing and it is still on there oh god because you know why it's still on there? Because he's in the WWE Hall of Fame. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, it was, it was way it was way too fucking long. Like it's, I was, it, like, it's awful. It's, it's it was awful. Terrible. There's there's one point in the in one of the songs where like they blanked the the audio out because he held the mic out and wanted the audience to say the lyric and like no one said anything. It was just crickets. It was, it was yeah. horrible. Anyway, that's my number five. All right. Well, that's a good one, man. What do you got? All right. So uh, my number four pick is the WrestleMania that helped launch the WWE Network. It is WrestleMania 30 in New Orleans. Um, I got to go with this one because it was the crowning moment for Daniel Bryan um which we all yeah i know the yes movement was never higher uh than it was at this time um i loved i you know everyone talks about obviously it was supposed to be batista he was supposed to win at mania then go on the you know publicity tour for guardians of the galaxy you know whatnot blah 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 no one wanted that shit no, no, nobody wanted it, and everyone was booing and stuff like that, and it was like, okay, so, something's got to happen here. And it it created this interesting dynamic of realism, and it was the first time I actually heard this in going into a wrestling match, which was no one knew what was going to happen. Everyone was just like, Well, Triple H could actually put himself over and go on and win the matchup, or Randy Orton's going to protest, or Batista still is going to walk out. But no one really thought Daniel Bryan was going to win. They wanted him to win, but they didn't know if he was going to. And it created this anticipation that I thought was just, wow, this is really cool. Like, it's, it's a rare thing that you get. And while... It was a botched story from the beginning. I get that. But because of that, it created this anticipation that I just don't think you can duplicate. Like you can't you can't script it, you know, kind of thing. It's just, you know, what's going to happen kind of thing. And um, I thought it was great. Daniel Bryan versus Triple H uh, was amazing in the first matchup. Uh, and then, you know, Brian gets the big win at the uh, end of the night. I would have preferred it be a one-on-one main event, but, you know, the story of Daniel Bryan defeating Triple H, basically, in short terms, he defeated all of Evolution. He defeated right. Evolution that night. Um, so it was uh, it, it was amazing. And then, of course, the little things on this thing, like you had the – probably one of the biggest iconic moments everyone had been waiting for, but never thought they would see, which was you had Hulk Hogan at the Silver Dome. <laughs> yeah, the Silver Dome's in New Orleans. I didn't know that. 
I didn't know that either, but apparently, according to Hogan, it was. Um, and then Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock all in the same ring together. And I don't care who you are. If you're a wrestling fan, you didn't stop to say, oh, they should have booked it this way. They should have booked it that way. No, you just stood there and all and was just like, this is my childhood right here. Like, like this is what it was for us growing up. And it was an amazing moment. Um, I love that part. And then I mean, the, uh, the three know, biggest draws in the history of the business. Yeah. In yeah. one ring. Yeah. I, I mean, you never thought you would see it, but we saw it and it was amazing uh, to see that. And then uh, and then you had the Andre Memorial uh, or the Andre Giant uh, Memorial Battle Royal, if I can learn how to talk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and. You know, that award has been soured, obviously, over the years. Um, it's now just a gimmick match, just like anything. But seeing Cesaro win that matchup when he was on such a roll at the time, when they were having him do the giant swing on everyone, and he had already done it to the great Kali and stuff like that. And then for him to, like, actually pick up the big show and slam him over uh, the top rope, that to win the thing, that was incredible. Um, that was amazing. And then Bray Wyatt versus John Cena. Say what you want to about Cena, but that might have been one of the best well-told story matches of the whole show with him and Bray Wyatt because I love the whole, finish me, John, finish me. Like like he, even before the match, he was just like, finish me. You know, trying to bring that evil side out of him, which had always been there and had always been seen by everyone but okay <laughs> like <laughs> right. uh, so i mean it that that was a cool that was a cool match uh and then obviously the shock of the night you know which kind of put a damper on the whole night in, in a lot of people's eyes which was the streak finally ended the streak was conquered by Brock Lesnar um, you know, there's, there has been so many stories and so much speculation behind this matchup that, oh no, Undertaker was actually supposed to win, but they messed up on, you know, Lesnar did this, blah, blah, blah. And Undertaker has said that, and we found this out on the last ride that he was supposed to go over. That was what he thought was supposed to happen. But then when he got to the building, Vince made the audible and said, um, you know, nope, Lesnar's going over and blah, blah, blah. And The Undertaker has no regulation of this match. He has yeah. no idea what happened. Like, he was that concussed. Yeah. Um, it's scary to think about um, in, in, in and of itself. So, I mean... That match is what it is, I guess. I didn't think it was a bad match uh, by any means, um, but it's it, it it is what it is. But I just thought the the presentation of this, the launch of the WWE Network at the time, um, just everything about it, uh, I loved, and I love the concept of a big, uh, you know, event feel, which obviously WrestleMania has, but this one this one just felt bigger than a lot of others. So. That's my number four is WrestleMania 30. I can see that, man. Um, I, I actually did consider this one 
Um, my thoughts about the Cena Wyatt match, the Lesnar Undertaker match, uh, those probably are the reason that I was not a fan of it. Um, it, enough to put it on the list, but if we were doing a 10, this probably would be there just because the main event is great. Just because it was like really the first time the audience snatched away the control from Vince and basically said, we don't want this. And if you go for it, we're going to fuck you over and you're, we're not going to watch your shit. Yeah. Um, it was, it was great. I mean, the fans basically said Daniel Bryan is going to be the guy. Yeah. And that's it. Um, all right. Um, that's an excellent number four. Let's see what I've got in the chamber. This one might surprise some people as well. Now, I'm going to say this. If we were going purely off of emotional reaction, the first time I watched the the event, this would be number one. Because at the end of this one, I literally ran outside in the middle of the night and yelled at the top of my lungs in out of pure excitement. My number four is WrestleMania 20. Ooh, that, yeah, and let me guess why, because it's probably a very controversial topic. Yeah, maybe it is, but my my number four is WrestleMania 20. Now, this mat, this this event, um, this is one of the ones where you know I had to figure out how to judge it because while this event has like it, it's almost the opposite of t- like WrestleManias now, like. For the last 10 years, it's been like, the main event's going to be ass, right? You, like, the rest of the show is what you're there for. Where, whereas this one, it's the complete opposite. Both of the main events here are absolutely fucking show-stopping, amazing main events. This is the last match that Kurt Angle would have for a long time with uh, Kurt Angle, Eddie Guerrero. He would become the on-screen GM after this on SmackDown. Uh, the amazing finish to that match that's so Eddie, where he, you know, loosens the boot, slips out of the ankle lock, rolls up angle. I mean, that was just the perfect... I mean, that match is incredible. Um, and Eddie Guerrero is just so fucking good in the ring, man. Like, just an overall performer uh, yeah. in wrestling. Just, oh my God, he's so... Like, I miss him so much. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. Um, and, and the rare praise here for John Cena. I really enjoyed him in the big show for the U.S. title at the beginning of this show. I thought it was a great way to open a WrestleMania. I mean, it was like a nine-minute match. It was little guy versus big guy. That's a tried-and-true formula in wrestling. You know, they did a good job. Um, I, I really liked the um, Christian and Chris Jericho feud that led into this. Um, yeah. d- despite the match being terrible, the Goldberg and Lesnar angle going into this with Stone Cold oh, involved. I, I thought you were. I thought you were saying Jericho and Christian was terrible. I was like, what? No, no, no. no the, that that match was amazing. Goldberg okay. and Lesnar was a complete shit show, as we all know. It's one of the worst yes, matches ever. Yes, but, it was. I mean, it's better than any Roman Reigns match. But anyway, what I'm saying is. Uh, <laughs> The, the build-up to the match was incredible. The build-up to Undertaker and Kane with the return of the old-school Undertaker where he had sort of incorporated 
you know, in Dragon Ball Z terms, we'll call it his final form. He had incorporated all of the elements of the Undertaker over all these years into this final Undertaker. Um, amazing. Uh, yeah. And then, and then let's talk about the main event. I consider the main event here to be the greatest triple threat match ever. And the reason that I say that is because the build to this was incredible. You had Shawn Michaels, who had been chasing Triple H for the championship. Chasing, chasing, chasing. And then you had Benoit, who had had his own struggles on SmackDown. He enters the Rumble at number one. Wins. Only the second man in history to ever do it. And a third person didn't do it again until over 15 years later. So, yeah, it's a big accomplishment. And he goes to Raw, shocks the world, and says, I'm going to challenge Triple H for the championship. Yeah. It had I, never been done. Yeah, it was great. I, I love that because it, it, it gave this element of, a whoa, what is supposed to happen now? Yeah. And then, so Shawn Michaels is left out in the cold. And Austin... Being the general manager at the time, I'll never forget this backstage promo. You know, Sean goes to him about it, and Austin's like, "Just you should just do what I would do." And so <laughs> Shawn Michaels goes out and super kicks the bejesus out of both of them, and he 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 says, "I'm this is still my fight." And so we have Benoit, we have Triple H, and we have Shawn Michaels, and I would say that this is in all of their primes. Yes. Um they were as good as they've ever been right here. Uh, and this match was amazing. The emotions and the storytelling were absolutely off the freaking charts. Um, despite all of the filler, because this is a 12-match card, man. Yeah, it I, is. I'm not, I'm not going to go into all the little stuff. There were some good matches in here. There were some bad matches, but there's a lot of filler packed into this card. But I'm just saying that this event felt huge it felt larger than life and i think both of the main events to this very day stand on their own however i'm gonna be honest when triple h taps out i immediately cut that shit off because i cannot watch guerrero and benoit stand in that ring together i couldn't bring myself to do it i cut the shit off immediately um i just couldn't do it that was too much yeah um, especially where um especially now you know since we've when we did dark side of the ring and, and you hear Benoit's son say, you know, I wish they would have just retired right after that. Yeah. I'll never be able to watch that again without thinking about that. Yeah. Um, so that being said, man, that that's my number four. And like I said, if I graded it on nothing but my reaction to it at the time, uh, I lost my shit. If you had asked me the next day, this was the best wrestling show I'd ever seen. Um, but obviously I don't feel that way now because it's number four and not one. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, 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 I agree with you, man. Um, that, that is a good pick. And, and I thought about that one cause I used to watch that show back a lot. Um, especially like I was waiting for it when it came out on DVD and they also had like a special edition yeah. DVD of it where you had all of these extra stuff and i'll never forget that um back when people used to watch dvds <laughs> but um 
Yeah, uh, the only reason I just I, I couldn't put it on my list was just, I, you know, I, I just I, I can't get what Benoit did out of my head and everything like that. It just it ruins that match, and I can't I cannot see someone having that much joy and then see and then you know realizing what he would do years later, kind of thing. Yeah. So you know, um, but. It is still a good pick, and and the Guerrero versus Kurt Angle matchup, I mean, alone is worth watching this damn thing. I mean, for all it, time, yeah, it was so good, and and Kurt Angle had nothing but high praise of working with Eddie Guerrero. Um, there's yeah, I, that that is a good one though, man. It, it really is. Well, that being said, we're we're getting into the weeds here. We have no duplicates yet. Um, Not yet. Uh, and, and to be fair, it, uh, out of all of the lists we've done, we've only had one duplicate, uh, and that was the top five couples of all time. And it was, we both had Triple H and Stephanie, because how could you make that list without them? Uh, so it, it'll be interesting to see if we have more of the same going forward, man, but the floor is yours. Number three. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but, um, my number three is probably quite possibly many consider this the best WrestleMania of all time. Um, they consider it definitely one of the biggest WrestleManias of all time. Uh, and it is WrestleMania 17. And it had quite possibly the biggest main event in history. Let's put it that way. It's it, it was by far the biggest main event. Um, wrestling had hit its peak when this mania came out um, or when this mania was even being set up. Um, and it was the first time ever that you legit had the two biggest draws in history who were in their prime, who were, uh, uh, who were still fresh and everything like that. And they were going to collide one-on-one. -on -one. And I'm talking of course about stone cold, Steve Austin and The Rock. And it was in the Astrodome uh, in Houston, Texas. Uh, I believe Houston, Texas, right? I know it was in Texas, but was it Houston? Yeah. Astros are, uh, that's in Texas. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, Houston. So um, so it was in the Astrodome. And uh, it was going to be, it was probably one of the biggest gates WrestleMania had ever had um, or close to it since WrestleMania 3 or something like that. Um, and it was huge. And this also, I've got to say, probably has, and I know you'll agree with this because you used it at uh, March of Champions at the last show, has probably the greatest hype song and the greatest hype video ever made in the history of wrestling. There has never been a video that has ever topped the hype video that that this uh show had which was limp biscuit uh my way and when they played that the the culmination of that the uh the main event itself uh amazing and i'll get into it in just a minute but the other things on this event as well you had one of the greatest opening matches as well in wrestlemania history which was kurt angle versus well chris benoit um that Agreed. match 
was incredible. I mean, you talk about pure technical wrestling on display. Um, amazing. Every time that it happened. Every yes. single time it happened. Yes. And this I, was I, the first time that, that, that it happened. I do want to correct you on the main event, though. This is actually the Rock and Stone Cold second WrestleMania. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I, I mean, it was uh, their, their second WrestleMania, and I wasn't uh, counting the first one or anything like that. But as far, but The Rock was never as hot as he was at this point, and so was Stone Cold, and they were colliding. Correct. At, at, at Cold, 15, Rock was there. Austin was everything. In in yeah. 17, they're like they're both at the at the very tip top. Yes. Yes. Agreed. That 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 that's what I was uh more saying. Gotcha. Uh, I I'll get into that in just a minute. Um, but Kurt Angle versus Chris Benoit, uh, an amazing classic matchup. Then you also had the TLC match with where Edge does the most incredible spear I've ever seen in my life on Jeff Hardy. And how these two did not both die at that moment, I'll never know. I will never know how this stunt was performed safely. But he didn't yell ooh-ah before he hit it. So how is that even possible? <laughs> I know, but I mean, just big <laughs> off the ladder, um, the, the ridiculous amounts of bumps in this and everything like that, uh, just incredible. Um and then you also had the gimmick battle royal that had like all of the gimmicks from the past that even had Gene Oakland and Bobby the Brain Heenan on commentary. And when anytime I get to see Bobby the Brain Heenan on commentary, I lost my shit. And just one real quick from that was I loved it when Repo Man was coming out and, he, and Gene Oakland just goes, just goes, you know, I think back in 1992, he actually got he actually got my car, or it got my mother's car, and uh, and and then he, I think he also got a hold of my mother. And Bobby the Brain goes, about, about years ago, everybody got your mother. <laughs> <laughs> and I probably butchered the joke; I couldn't remember no, exactly. It, it was still said. good to me, and I I could hear Heenan saying it. Yes, it was it was great, and it even made Gene Oakland laugh. So. Um, a good little nostalgia. And then you also had son versus father, Triple H versus McMahon, or versus, uh, I'm sorry, not Triple H, Shane McMahon versus Vince McMahon. Um, and uh, that that was incredible uh, because both of them uh, really did good in that. It also had, they also had that weird angle. I didn't necessarily like what they did sometimes building up to that match, but it is what it is. Um, and then Triple H, and this is why I thought of Triple H just then Triple H versus The Undertaker the first time. Uh, that was incredible. That, and, and that wasn't even the main event and stuff like that. So, I mean, that, that just goes to show you how stacked this card is. Um, and then uh, I forgot what, I, I think that was it. And then of course the main event, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Rock. Um, this is the only reason that this event is probably not my number one because the ending to this kills me every time. Uh, it's quite possibly the night that the industry turned for the worse, which was 
You had the biggest baby face of all time. People can say Hulk Hogan, whatnot. No, it was Stone Cold Steve Austin became the biggest baby face in history. And he did that by bucking the system, by, you know, going by against challenging Vince McMahon, you know, and stuff like that. And, and it was it was quite possibly the greatest story in wrestling history. Uh, there's never been another storyline that has actually been able to top that, in my opinion. And it kills me every time I see the ending. The, the match is incredible between them. I'm, I'm, I mean, they literally go and beat the shit out of each other. And it was incredible. The, the entrance when Austin's, you know, music hits, he walks out, the place erupts, uh, the rock music hits and the place erupts. And then the matchup is great. But then Vince McMahon walks down and Austin joins up with Vince McMahon. And I'm like, looking at that, you kill all credibility then of the attitude error, in my opinion, you kill, you killed everything that stone cold and Vince McMahon did basically like it just, it didn't work. And I've, I've often, I've often said this, I've said, you know, maybe the Austin heel turn might've worked had the rock not gone away for 30 days and done the Scorpion King after this. Cause right afterwards, you know, the rock leaves for Hollywood and goes and does the Scorpion King. And then of course we have all of the Alliance and blah, blah, blah. And that's another story for a different day. But overall the presentation of this, the culmination of the attitude era basically is what this was. ECW and WCW have now officially closed their doors. So now WWE is the number one wrestling organization in the world at this time. Wrestling is bigger than it ever has been at this point. And that, and that uh, combined with the new metal era in this uh, time, because like I said, Limp Biscuit is uh, Limp Biscuit. People forget that album, um, Chocolate Starfish and Hot Dog Flavored Water. It was everywhere. Oh, yeah. I, I, I mean, that album was in the top charts along with like Britney Spears and Sync at the time. They were so, on MTV. And, and if you're like under the age of 30, you don't know what that means. But they were on MTV like every day. Yeah, they were. So, I mean, they were huge. They were pop culture at the time. So that combined with WWE, combined with the hype and everything like that, that was amazing. And again, the only reason that this is not number one on my list is because of the ending. Because it's, it's, it's just like when you watch a great movie and the movie is great, it's great, it's great, and then you get to the ending and it's like, uh, you just killed it. You just killed everything for me, basically. But... Overall, though, it still is great, and I still watch it just to watch the damn uh, hype video. <laughs> so it's the Game of Thrones of WrestleMania for you that it's amazing, <laughs> but the ending's terrible. Got it. Gotcha. Yes, <laughs> that's a good pick, man. And and you're right that I very clearly have a ton of admiration for that hype video because I recreated it. It was really important to me that I get it done before the end of Flatline, and I'm so glad that I did it where I did it. Um, that being said, 
Amazing Mania. Um, yeah, I, I love it. Um, so, my number three, and, and it's going to be very interesting as we get down into these here, and I, I have to wonder, uh, I feel like things are going to get dicey. Uh, so, my number three is also considered by many people to be uh, one of the greatest WrestleManias, if not the greatest. Ironically, it also uh, features a match between The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin. But it's not the first or the second match, it's the third match. My number three is WrestleMania 19. Um, I absolutely love this event. Um, I, I gotta say, I think one of the most underrated matches of all time, and possibly because they went on to have like 30 more of these and they were all good, uh, was Shawn Michaels and Chris Jericho on this show. I, I think this is the first time a lot of people looked at Chris Jericho and said, okay, this guy has a lot to him. He can evolve himself. He can work any style that he needs to work. This is when people started to look at Jericho as a real future of the business, whereas before, you know, a lot of, like his title reign the year before was considered a flop with Triple H. Um you know, like the everybody liked the outcome of that feud and everything, but their their match that I love at eighteen is overshadowed completely by the Rock and Hogan. Um, yeah. But I don't want to talk about eighteen. I want to talk about nineteen. All right. So the excellent main event between Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle, despite Brock Lesnar hitting a shooting star press, and well, not hitting a shooting star press. Yeah, I'm um, killing myself. But he can hit it. If you look up the video, he can probably still do it today, but he won't. If you look up the video, he did it at a house show flawlessly. Um, and then just in the moment, man, like, that's just a dangerous move to pull off. And that's a lot of weight that you're hauling through the air at whatever velocity. Um, Triple H and Booker T on this show is good, even though Booker T should have gone over. But they wanted to extend... Triple H's title reign for a whole another year. Um, <laughs> the Rock and Stone Cold, out of their three WrestleMania matches, it, it might be the lesser of the three, but it's, I mean, it's still the Rock and Stone Cold at WrestleMania. Yeah. You know, it, I'd still put it above 98% of all the other WrestleMania matches. Um, we had um, Team Angle, which was Charlie Austin, Shelton Benjamin, uh, up against... Chris Benoit and Rhino, and then Los Guerreros, which was Chavo and Eddie. That was an amazing match. Um, Matt Hardy, Rey Mysterio for the Cruiserweight title. I really loved this match, too. Uh, they did the whole deal where like Matt Hardy was trying to lose the weight so he could get down to, I think it was, what, two, 215 or whatever at the time that you had to be down to. Yeah. Um, uh, we had the Hogan and McMahon uh, street fight, which was great. Um, so there's a lot of uh, really good ones on here. Um, but I, I really love the main event. I really love the arena. You talked about the atmosphere of these, the arena for this one was so unique. Now the ramp is like two miles long, but the, the massive like venue that they had here, cause this one was in Toronto, I believe. Nope. Safeco field. Oh, Safeco field. There you go. Um, yeah. I should have looked it up. Uh, so, I mean, Seattle is close to Canada. Okay. 
Uh, <laughs> Uh, it, it's just it's a it's a massive venue. It looks great on the screen. The presentation was incredible. Um, I, I just love this event and the feel of it. I think the show stealer is HBK and Jericho, um, and that that might be kind of a recurring theme through my whole list tonight. Is like Shawn Michaels did some amazing shit, but they don't call him <laughs> Mr. WrestleMania for no reason. I was about to say there's a reason they call him that. <laughs> so yeah, man, that is. Um, that's my number three is, is 19. Awesome. Awesome, man. I like that pick. That's a good one. Oh, we're, we're getting into it, man. I, I, I feel, I, I, I feel good about these last two. <laughs> All right. Um, my second re- favorite WrestleMania. Now this one might be considered probably I don't want to say one of the worst. Some people say it's one of the worst booked WrestleManias. Um, I'm not sure uh, exactly where people rate it. And I can see how it comes across that way when you watch it back on TV. If you say 36, I swear to God. 36? No. Okay. Uh, Try one above it. Uh and it was the one, and the reason that this is my second favorite WrestleMania of all time was not because I watched it on TV, but because I was there live. WrestleMania 37 in Atlanta at the Georgia Dome. I was there live. You mean 27? There's 27. Why the hell yeah. did I say 37? <laughs> I was like, 37 hasn't happened yet. <laughs> Well, you said 36, too, and and then that, like... Well, 36 uh, is last year's. 36 is the 2020, the COVID WrestleMania. The the WWE Network WrestleMania. Oh, no, that that was my number one on the worst of all. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, when you said worst book WrestleManias, I was like, 36? No, no, it was 27. I meant to say 27, but WrestleMania 27, and again... Because I was there live and I witnessed live one of the greatest matches I've ever seen live. Now, it might not stack up that way in people's minds on like a top list of matches and whatnot. And I know that there's been better matches in Mania. But I witnessed The Undertaker versus Triple H live. And when you witness something live, it is completely different than when you watch it on TV. And I, the, the one thing that I took away from this, I remember this vividly, okay? First of all, I remember both entrances for The Undertaker and Triple H. And I remember The Undertaker walking down. And he didn't walk down with the, I mean, he did have the gong in there. But he didn't have the, no, instead... He had the Johnny Cash, there ain't no grave that can hold my body down. And he and it created this interesting feel to it. And then the match ha- then the matchup happened. And oh my God, the matchup from start to finish was incredible. Um, these are two men who you can say what you want to about Triple H. I know everyone has their opinions, blah, blah, blah. But these are two men 
that know how to tell a story. They are master storytellers in their own right. And the story that they told in this was beautiful. This is the one moment though that I remember vividly. I can I can recall it step by step was when the Undertaker's getting to his feet. He looks at Triple H and he's like, come on, come on. He's been beaten to hell, blah, blah, blah. And Triple H just does the Undertaker symbol like this. And then he picks up the Undertaker in the tombstone pile driver. The entire Georgia Dome, I'm talking from the first row up, stands up in awe. Like, I had never experienced that live in my lifetime, and I probably never will again. It was incredible. I'm t- I mean, incredible. I've never experienced a moment like that before in my life watching any wrestling show I've ever been to. And I've been to a lot. I've been a part of some behind the scenes, and I've been in the stands. I've never experienced a moment like that. It was in fucking credible. I mean, just amazing. And then the ending to the matchup where Triple H has lost. He lost the match, but he's the one that walks out. And The Undertaker is the one that has to be carried off on a stretcher. And yeah. Uh, and with the Johnny Cash music playing in the background, there ain't no grave. Oh my God. Just masterful storytelling. And then the rock being involved in it. This was when he actually came back. And I remember when I remember that this was like the first time that I had watched raw and SmackDown both religiously leading, leading up to this mania because I had to know what was going to happen. I had to know what I was going to see, obviously, because I knew I was going to WrestleMania. There was just no stopping me. I was going to go see this shit live. And so I had to know everything. So when they announced that there was going to be this special guest host, I was like, okay, I have to know who this is going to be. And when The Rock's music hit for that, I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to see The Rock. I'm going to see The Rock at Mania. And that was amazing. Um you know, and that's when they started the whole Cena versus the uh, or versus the Rock and stuff like that, which I felt bad for the Miz because the Miz was on, you know, had just won the title, and going into that matchup, it seemed like nobody really cared about the Miz going into it. It was just all about what Rock and Cena were going to do, and right. then the Rock lost Cena uh, the title. And that was a heel move and everything like that, but everyone was cheering um, and stuff like that. So it was great. And then, unbeknownst to us, this was Edge's last match until obviously he returned at the Royal Rumble uh, in 2019. But this was his last match against Alberto Del Rio, which was amazing. It I was, was going to mention that. Yeah, that yeah. we we didn't know it was his last match at the time, but this match was incredible. Yeah, um, it was it was incredible. Um, the story for that was great. Randy Orton versus CM Punk was on it, and I I was excited about that. Um, that was great. 
you know, there were a number of things that brought the show down, obviously. Um, Snooki being involved in it. I just rolled my eyes at that. Um, you know, the short matchup between the Nexus and uh, uh, I think Big Show's team, whatever it was. I don't even know, like, who was in that match or whatnot. And then, uh, obviously, I think the one that really brought down the show, which was Michael Cole versus Jerry Lawler. Um, I don't even I, – I don't know why they chose to make that match as long as they did. But, yeah, it, it really brought down the show. But then, you know, you bring it up with that – when the Triple H versus the Undertaker matchup, I literally watched that match and was just like, you know what? They can end the show right now and I would be fine because that was all I needed to see. And then, of course, we had the main event, but the main event, you know, I don't really even remember that well. But because I was there live, that makes this WrestleMania one of my favorite WrestleManias of all time, just because every time I see it on TV or on the WWE Network in this case, um, I, I I'm just like, I was there. Like, like I was there, like, and you cannot take that feeling away. Like you can say what you can say what you want to when you watch it on TV, but when you're there live and you witness it, it, there's just a feeling that you can't describe. You have to be there to see it live. So that's my number two. I got to admit, um, having also been there, it was very tempting to put this on my list. Um, People that weren't there don't tend to recall this Triple H and Undertaker match being as good as it was. But if you watch it on the network, it holds up. The moment yes. that I remember is the back body drop off of the announce table. Yeah. When I see like clips of that, it always plays for me from where I saw it from. Yeah. And the thing about this match is they knew, like Triple H knew... And Undertaker, too, the condition Undertaker was going was in going into this match, he was probably in the worst condition that he's been at a WrestleMania going into this match. Especially now that we've seen the last ride and we know. But And, and, and he didn't walk out. This was where he almost hung it up because he almost didn't walk out. I mean, he didn't walk out. He literally did not walk out. Yeah. So Triple H, I mean... Knows going into this, and Undertaker knows they're not going to top the previous two wrestling matches by between him and Sean. So what are they going to do? They're going to beat the bejesus out of each other, and they did. Yes, and it made it incredible. Um, I do want to point out Cody Rhodes, Rey Mysterio is on this show. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was the one I was trying to remember as well. Um, and that match was great. And that Cody match, that match would. It's fucking tear the fucking roof off any building on earth right now. <laughs> it's just crazy to think about. Um, yes. But it was so good. Yeah, that was a great one. Um, I want to say that's when he was doing like the Doctor Doom thing with the mask and all that. Um, um, yeah, like the clear face mask. Asking Cody. So fucking good. That gimmick. Mm, it was good. Um, it was good. And Rey Mysterio came out as Captain America. Yep, and the I do remember the main event, man. The thing I remember about that main event, it, yeah, I felt bad for Miz, but I, I rem, his video package going into that main event was amazing. Yeah, it was, and then it was 
they tried to overshadow it with for whatever reason. Because when I think of John Cena, I think of a fucking choir. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? I didn't I didn't hate that. I've always and uh there's no point in spoiling it here because I've tried to make it happen several times and it's never I've never been able to pull it off. But I've always wanted to have Wade Adams come out to like a choir singing O Canada. Right? But I've never I, I've tried so many times I've given up at this point. So maybe it's somewhere based off of that, I don't know. Anyway. Um yeah, that I, I love twenty seven. I was there. Uh and, and that's a good pick. It's a damn good pick. It almost made it on my list. It's not on my list. I've only got I've only got two left. Right. And you know what one of them is. So I'm not, I'm not gonna spend a ton of time on this one. We we have another crossover here. Um my number two is WrestleMania seventeen. Yeah. <laughs> um how can you not put this one? So uh, we already talked about it extensively. Um, so I, I, I just two notes from uh, from your uh, overview of it because I agree with pretty much everything you said here. Um, I will point out that the very odd Kane, Raven, and Big Show hardcore title match on that show, yeah, is probably the best hardcore title match at a pay per view. That I can think of, other than maybe when like uh, Bubba Ray Dudley was doing it, he had some really good defense, uh, title defenses, but most of those were on Raw. They didn't, most of those weren't on the pay per views. Um, but I have the opposite opinion of the Austin turn. Um, I love it. I absolutely loved heel Austin. Now, a lot of people didn't buy it, right? Like a lot of people continued, and I understand your point about the detriment to the industry because. A huge chunk of the audience said, okay, well, we're going to cheer for him anyway because he's fucking Stone Cold, you know? And and so you had a split audience there, and people still wanted to see Heel Austin. People would pile in. It's not like the Cena era where they were too afraid to ever turn him heel because of their precious merch sales. Do you think Stone Cold merchandise took a hit from this? Fuck no. Like No, no, it didn't. <laughs> everyone lost it for this. And I mean... It I I love it because it's the ultimate swerve, right? I always think that, you know, I I'm gonna t steal from uh, Batman mythology here and 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 quote the Joker, right? It's all it takes is one bad day, and I I love that thought when it comes to like a, a baby face, like what drives them to go out amongst these heels that are clearly assholes and like break the rules all the time. And, and persevere, right? And and have that kind of like hero's journey towards the championship or the next rung up on the card or whatever it is that they're fighting for. I love that imagery and I love that idea that for Stone Cold, and maybe they didn't, maybe a lot of the audience didn't get it, right? But it's like Stone Cold and The Rock were neck and neck the first time. And in the two years since they fought, The Rock had only become better and better and better. And he was at his height here. Yes. If I'm looking at it from Austin's point of view, and Vincent Mann comes to me and says, you know, and he just starts dropping those little, you know, hints in my ear. Like, hey, you know, every everybody who's ever been in your spot, the next young guy has come up and took it out from under him. And... 
maybe you can't beat him and and instilling that doubt in someone the idea that he would turn is not unbelievable and and maybe they should have done a better job with illustrating that point but you can only hint at it so much and then you lose the shock of it so the shock of it is what really exploded everywhere and i just i love that kind of shock um you know like uh for example if you know darius lockhart for instance were to turn heel out of nowhere uh i am a big fan of these types of things uh <laughs> you wonder know. why yeah so uh, you know just just things like this that that i'm a fan of especially when they're executed well um so i'm not going to spend a ton of time on it because we already went through the whole thing but yeah, I consider 17 to be the second best WrestleMania of all time. And I'm dying to know what your number one is, man. So we're going to skip the drum rolls. We're going to skip all the, the 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 nonsense and whatnot. I want to know what is Caleb Stovall's number one WrestleMania of all time. Ooh, my number one is actually one that you already said. WrestleMania 19. I thought you were awfully quiet about it. And and when you were like, yeah, good pick, I was like, that's his number one or number two or whatever. I was like, he's got it on his list because I did the same thing when you went over 17. I was like, yeah, man, nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is my number one, though. Um, and uh, so I won't go over the event because you went over it, um, but I will tell you some standouts uh, about that event. So at around this time, um, it is hard to believe that there was a period in my life where I was not watching wrestling, right? Okay. But there was. Um, around 2002, um, I, 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 my father passed away, and he was the one that got me into wrestling uh, originally. And I remember um, we had had his funeral, and then the week after um, – I went to turn on raw and I couldn't watch it. I just, I, I could not watch wrestling. So I kind of turned it off and shoved it to the side for a little bit. Um, I randomly picked it back up. I, and, and I'm not sure where exactly I picked it back up. Um, and I can't remember if it was this WrestleMania that like I saw, or if it was, just i saw a random raw or something like that or i just wanted to watch raw again or something like that but i couldn't watch it and i remember i was flipping through the channels yes back when you actually flip through the channels people remember those days <laughs> and um and so i was flipping through the channels and i saw the sunday night heat for WrestleMania and back when they had Sunday night heat and I saw it and I noticed it was outdoors and it, and it was at the baseball stadium, Safeco field in Seattle or Seattle, Seattle. <laughs> and uh, yeah, in Seattle. And I am a fan of outdoor wrestling. I know some people are not because of a production wise or, or, you know, the sound instead of going up and coming back down, you know, there's a delay in it and stuff like that. I understand all that, but I love that atmosphere. I just do. 
And so I, what I saw on Sunday Night Heat could have actually been on the WrestleMania itself. That's how good this mania was. It was Rob Van Dam and Kane were the tag team champions at the time, and they were defending it in a four-way, actually. I can't remember the other teams involved in it, but I do remember Kane and Rob Van Dam being it. And I was like, oh, my God, this is outdoors? I need to watch this. Like, like I want to watch this so bad. And I thought, well, there's no way in hell I can do that. And it turned out we did not have school the next day. I don't remember what happened, but we did not have school the next day. So I was like, mom, can I please, can I please, can I please, can I please order this? Can I, can I please get this? And she was like, let me see your report card. <laughs> and I showed her my report card and everything like that. And she's like, well, you, you have gotten good grades. Okay, fine. So I ordered the pay-per-view and I watched it live. And I was like, I fell in love with wrestling again, basically. This show helped it. Um, the opening with Rey Mysterio and Matt Hardy, I loved it. Um, and I, I love Jr. and King's intro to it. He, he's like, I know, Jr. you always got the John Wayne couplings when it comes to WrestleMania and everything like that. He does. Uh, it's true. It's true. Um, and I, I love that. I loved this match, though. I loved the build for it, and I loved the match itself. Hogan versus McMahon. Yeah. I absolutely loved it it was tremendous the ending to it hogan going over hogan being bloodied and everything like that i mean those two literally beat the shit out of each other and i can guarantee you there was animosity between the two there was yeah. actual animosity because all that shit that they were saying leading up to it mm, that was how they felt about each other a little it was bit. real Oh, yeah. And whenever you have something like that, my God, you have something special. Booker T versus Triple H. I, I wish Booker T would have gone over, but it is what it is. The Michaels versus Jericho matchup. I mean, how I mean that match was incredible. And then, you know, like you said, one of the best main events in history, Kurt Angle versus Brock Lesnar, even with the botched ending. It's still, still it still did not take it away from this matchup, like like or the bot shooting star press. It still did not take it away. I, and then Stone Cold versus The Rock, three. I mean, just yeah, this mania is amazing to me. And like I said, the reason it's number one in my heart is because it got me back into professional wrestling. It 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 was it was this mania, and then discovering TNA from there. Yeah, that was what got me back into professional wrestling more so than anything. So that is my number one is WrestleMania 19. And we had another freaking crossover. <laughs> you know, I, I can relate to that hugely, man, because I had a very similar experience with my dad passing away. You know, he was a and even with this mania, he was a huge Hogan fan. Um, you know, uh, I've talked a lot about us watching Starcade 97 together and you know, I was, we were a house divided. I was Sting, he was Hogan. Um, you know, but, I, and I completely understand. I actually didn't catch this one live. 
I went back after the fact and watched this one because I came back in around the time they were doing the Power Trip with Austin and Triple H. Um, and then, for whatever reason, I did not get to watch this one. Uh, I didn't watch this one live, or I wasn't around, you know, when this one was going on. But I definitely went back and watched it at my first opportunity, and it was yeah. incredible. And I went back to watch it in order to see that uh, HBK and Jericho match. Yeah, but the whole show, in my opinion, is incredible. I mean, it just, it was amazing. Um so that is my number one, and I don't even need to guess what your number one is. And I think we all know what it is, but it, drum roll, please. <laughs> anyone anyone who has sat through an hour and 16 minutes of this episode, which is, I believe, going to be episode 13 of season two of this podcast, which is insane. Um, yes. We've been going about a year. This is about when we started it. Uh, so we've been doing this almost a year now. Uh, yeah, if you if you've watched all of this and you list or listened on uh, wherever podcasts are available, not available anywhere. Veggie Tales is sold. Um, <laughs> uh, you probably already know. If you watched our top five matches of all time, you definitely know my number one WrestleMania of all time, and I could watch this Mania. I watched it recently. Um, I had a friend of mine who like literally got into wrestling within the last year. And she was like, you know, I, there's a bunch of stuff I wanted to watch, but I just don't really know where to start. And I was like, you've only seen like the last two WrestleManias? And they were like, yeah. I was like, sit down. And we watched this. And it did not take her three minutes to be like, this is amazing. Um my favorite WrestleMania of all time is WrestleMania 21. Yep. WrestleMania goes Hollywood, baby. Yeah. Um, I love the intro to this where Stone Cold is like the gladiator at the end. Um, yes. They did all the different famous movie outtakes. Um, this opens with Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero in their primes. How could you not? Um this was the very first Money in the Bank match. And I I feel like to this day, ever since they moved Money in the Bank out of Mania to its own event, Mania's lacking. I, I it, Before they had this match every WrestleMania, it was like, okay, well, we never knew we didn't have it. But after they added it and made it a Mania thing, and then they had a year to play with that contract, I don't know, man. It just... It took something, especially that first one where we didn't have it. It was just like, it sucked all the life out of it. Um, Undertaker, Randy Orton, when Randy Orton was still interesting. Um, <laughs> they did the Legend Killer storyline for like two and a half years. And 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 it, he took out Legend after Legend after Legend. It was like a, vi it was like a video game. And then you get to the to the super ultra mega boss at the end, and it's the fucking Undertaker, and the Undertaker puts him in the in the grave. He stops him in his tracks. Yeah. Um it it was it was amazing. Uh you know, the weakest match on this card, there there's two of them. Trish uh Stratus and Christy Hemi was okay. It was the best they could do at the time. They had to put Christy Hemi in this match because she won the Diva Search or whatever. Right? So they had to put that over. Um, now, if you watch through this show, it's basically like 
I'm not a huge fan of either of the main events. The build-up to them was great at the time. Like, the Batista Triple H thing with, you know, Evolution and Triple H had turned on Orton. And Batista's built whole build-up was like, well, I'm not going to make those same mistakes. And so he leads Triple H along because Batista had won the Rumble. So Batista's making Triple H think, well, I'm going to do what Chris Benoit did last year. And I'm going to go jump over to SmackDown and I'm going to take JBL's title. Well... Lo and behold, at the last minute, he doesn't. And he says, I'm coming for your championship. And he turns on Triple H and he ends up beating him. Um, We're not going to talk about Akibono Big Show. Don't watch that shit. Please. (laughs) I was about to say, if you don't mention that I am. Yeah, we're not watching that shit. Um, Oh, what? what, You don't want to see Big Show in a thong? I'm good. Uh, (laughs) The only... The only long-term black mark on this show to me is the fact that this is truly what kicked off the Cena era. And as much as I loved the build, I loved, loved the build for Cena and Bradshaw here. It was one of the most entertaining angles ever where Bradshaw had his like entourage or whatever, his cabinet. And Bradshaw was doing the George Bush gimmick with the limo with the steer horns on the front and, I, they had the whole angle where like uh where Cena like got stabbed at a nightclub and all this other shit. I mean it was just it was good times. Um Yeah, it was good. And I, I dude, so many people say stuff about JBL, but I fucking love JBL. I liked I him in I like him at times. There's there's certain points in time where I've really liked him and then certain points where I just think he's boring beyond belief. Mm-hmm. Um this was one of the times, this was the height of him to me. This gimmick, he owned it. He was great at it. Well, that's because uh, it was him. Right. Pretty much. Pretty much is just just him. Uh, was- <laughs> uh, uh, upper level, uh, a little bit um, richer version of him. Um, unfortunately, this is where Cena evolved from the Doctor of Thugonomics to, you know, eat your vitamins, say your prayers. Uh, and it would cause the next decade of wrestling to be awful. But hey, uh, you know, we can't win them all. And then I got to talk about, you know, I got to talk about it. Uh, the match that was my number one. that I consider this to be the greatest wrestling match of all time, in my opinion. And um, this was Kurt Angle and Shawn Michaels. This was the first time they had a match against each other, and it was un freaking believable 27 minutes uh you have the olympic athlete versus the entertainer versus mr wrestlemania and mr wrestlemania proved that he could wrestle and kurt angle proved that he could entertain and i just think it's one of the best stories uh and the build for it just like a lot of these was incredible so um i'm just a sexy kurt yes exactly i'll make your (laughs) ankle hurt <laughs> and uh it's just too good. It's too good, man. And and Edge of course, you know, he won the first money in the bank and went on to have his heel turn that uh you know at the at the chamber that catapulted him from mid-card to being a permanent main event star. So well, he was already a heel going into this. He was. Yes, they had done the turn not too long before this cuz I think this is right when the Matt Hardy Lita thing came out like right before this. Yes. 
Or no, actually, no. It came out after this because they fought for the Money in the Bank. That's true, the- but it was out on the internet yes, before yes, this. Yes, yes, that caused yes. them to turn him heel. Um, yeah. And then it got like confirmed later, and then WWE had no choice but to bring Matt Hardy back in and everything. But yeah, I mean, him winning Money in the Bank, being the first person to do it, cashing it in on Cena, causing the biggest spike from pay-per-view to Monday Night Raw the next day ever, ever, ever. And that record will never be broken as long as we're alive. Celebration. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just an amazing... I mean, I... I love everything about this show. Like I said, I could, I could watch it all the time. Even the two, even the matches I don't like, other than the sumo match, I could watch it over and over again. And also the Hulk Hogan uh, angle coming out, and you see all of the celebrities like Adam Sandler and stuff like that in the audience going nuts when Hogan came out and stuff like that. Uh, so I mean, I agree with you, man. Um, the only reason it was I, like I flipped back and forth with this one on um, on 27 and I just I put 27 there just because I was there live. But I loved the way that they presented this WrestleMania from start to finish because it was just it was so unique the way that they did it, you know, with the the like you said, the vignettes that they had, which were not your normal hype video vignettes. You know, they were famous movie scenes and you <laughs> had the WWE superstars. And and uh, one of my favorite was was where they had Stacy Keebler doing um, the I don't know what what movie it's from. I, I can't remember that. I'm not a movie history buff like that, but. Chris, like them asking her questions and Christian just going, how about a state of masochistic thing? Just check. <laughs> like, something like that. Um, the, the, you talking to me? You talking to me? And he's like, and Carlito with the apple. And they're like, cut, lose the apple. <laughs> That's not cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, Stone Cold Steve Austin doing the gladiator thing when you opened it up and then Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio just start to finish. I agree. Um, and like I said, I knew this was going to be your number one. Like, like when we did the countdown, I was like, well, I already know what his number one is. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, so I agree with you there, man. Um, this was a great WrestleMania and of course it has quite possibly one of the best matches ever in Shawn Michaels and Kurt Angle. Um, and I think that was the night too, because Kurt Angle had had great matches. Right. It took a match with him and Shawn Michaels for everyone to finally go, okay, this guy's actually like the complete performer in pro wrestling. And this was someone, he's even stated, he's like, he didn't like pro wrestling. He did not watch pro wrestling. I mean, he comes from the amateur wrestling world, like where they actually wrestle, you know, he's an Olympic gold medalist and, you know, people in his circle would always make fun of pro wrestling because it was bigger than their sport. And it was looked at as like, you know, a sin to be involved in that. And uh, so he, so, and he came into it with a very cocky attitude and he even said this, and Bruce Pritchard said it, and then Kurt Angle uh, confirmed this. 
because you know we all tend to know that Bruce Pritchard exaggerates things and whatnot. But Kurt Angle confirmed this when Kurt Angle was originally trying to get into WWE. He stated, "He's like, I just wanted you to know, I can't lose. I'm not going to lose." Right. And Bruce Pritchard was like, "All right, well, that's all we needed here. Bye." Yeah, and, yeah. Thanks for calling. Yep. And and uh, Conrad Thompson asked Kurt Angle that, and he was like, "Yep, that's true. I did say that." And then he realized what well first of all he wasn't making a paycheck at the time so then he realized okay maybe i should rethink this <laughs> and so he got and he got it i mean he was a natural he got what wrestling was at that point and once he got it once he realized he was once he realized he could be entertaining and still be a bad he's the only guy I've ever, he's one of the only guys I should say, maybe not the only guy, but he is one of the only guys I have ever seen in pro wrestling that can make himself be a complete doofus, a complete nerd, and yet still be a badass. That's talent. That is a, that is a skill that you can't teach. You either have that or you don't. And Kurt Angle had that. And it's just everything they did in in that mania. It was great, except Big Show in a diaper. I'll, uh... <laughs> you know, as a matter of fact, you know they they really Kurt picked it up faster than anyone ever has. Yes, and th- that's been stated by a lot of people. Yeah, um, you know, him and 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 one of my other favorites, DDP, who didn't even get into wrestling training until he was thirty. Um, you know, some people just have a, a natural knack for it, and that's where that you know comes along. But yeah, man, this this list has been a blast. I'm really, I'm I'm really thrilled with it. Uh, I think we got a good list. I, it wasn't until I actually made my list that I realized that you know, 17 through 25, all mine are within that era, and I think it's, I think it's easy easy to say that that's my favorite time frame in wrestling. Um, yeah. Evidently, and and you know, if I had an honorable mention, eighteen would be on here because eighteen is a fucking great WrestleMania. There's just so many great ones to pick from, and I'm surprised it's not on either list. But if I could pick one to put on our on our list here, it would be eighteen because it was so damn good. It's just these are so good, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they really are. Uh, th- there's still a bunch that I could pick from. Um, I really liked. The uh, WrestleMania in Miami with uh, Cena and Rock as the headline. Um, I thought that one was a great one. Um, and, and and then there was, you know, a bunch of other stuff. And the only reason I don't have any from like the Attitude Era or stuff like that is because those pay-per-views aren't that great. Yep. Uh, I, I mean, they're really not. They're known for their main event, which is The Rock and Stone Cold. And then Stone Cold versus Shawn Michaels, but Shawn was not. Shawn was uh, in a very bad place and uh, was not the best he was physical. And uh, of course, WrestleMania 13 has what I feel is probably one of the greatest matches of all time: uh, Stone Cold versus Bret Hart. But the pay per view event itself is not that great, you right. know. And and that's why like 12 isn't on here. Um, mm-hmm. three isn't on here. I mean, 
you know, at like 10, I mean, with Brett and Owen, I mean, if, if we were going to judge it purely by the best match on the card and not look at the whole show or anything else, yeah, I mean, I, 10 would probably be on here for me. 12 would probably be on here for me. Um, 13 would be on here for me. 13, 3, I mean, Savage Steamboat, uh, you know. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot that would probably be on here if we're going to judge it by certain criteria. But when you look at the overall package, just like you said, it's it's the venue, it's the build-up, it's the aesthetics of the whole night, the feel of it, you know, and then it, it's the card. And not only the way the card was booked, but the way that it turned out and the quality of the match. And then also, right. you got to look at it like, does it hold up now? Do you want to go sit there and watch it? You know, 20 almost didn't make my list because there's a lot of that card is not great. Um, the same thing with 18, man. Like, the, the standout matches from 18 are incredible. I love the main event, even though it's so overlooked. But tell me something from 18 other than the main event and Rock Hogan. You can't, unless you want to talk about the, the ridiculous Scott Hall and Stone Cold match that <laughs> you know yeah, that Stone Cold clearly was not happy about being in. Like you could tell, Stone Cold was burnt out at that point. Um, and there was one that I forgot to mention with nineteen. It's not a match on it, but it's a musical performance where it was one that I actually liked the musical performance. It was Limp Biscuit performed at WrestleMania nineteen, and uh, they performed the theme song for that, which was cracked at crack at it. And um, that was that was even good. That's why that was my number one was I just felt like the presentation of that overall was amazing. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, uh, and, and 18 had uh, Disturbed, wasn't it? Oh, no, it was Drowning Pool. Uh, was it Disturbed? No, Saliva. Was it Saliva? Saliva. I, thought, I know Saliva was the main theme for the show, but I thought Drowning Pool did... A song on it. I'll have to look it. I'll have to look it up. I have to, I have to go back and look. I know Saliva was the one that performed uh, at that one. I, I remember that they were on the show, but they may have built one of the matches up with it. But I do remember Saliva being the main theme for the event. Um, yeah. So and yeah, Saliva I mean, was also the main theme for twenty three. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. Yep. Yeah, they had a good run, man. So. Um, yeah, I mean, hell, 18 has DDP and Christian on it, and I fucking love that match. Um, yeah. you know, so anyway, that's our top five, folks. Um, this has been a list that we've been looking forward to doing. We are recording this one a bit ahead of Mania, so by the time, uh, you know, it comes out, we're going to try to to get it as close to Mania as possible. So we might do it on a Thursday, Friday, right before Mania. We know there's a ton of stuff going on that weekend. At this point in time, we don't know exactly how much is going to be going on, but we're going to get it right there next to Mania Weekend. Um, so if you're hearing this, man, it no matter how like out of touch you fall with wrestling throughout the year, it's like you said, man, this is Christmas for pro wrestling fans. So uh, enjoy your Mania season. Enjoy our list. Caleb, man, thank you for joining me each and every week, and thank you for being here to do this list with me. Absolutely. And, I mean, as always, we know that this has been an Evolved Review. <laughs>